0: Every Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. And I'm very excited to say that joining me, Leon Cox, in Sound of Play 214, we've got a couple of guests. We've got the founder, the CEO, the site designer of ocremix.org, David W. Lloyd. Welcome to Sound of Play. Hi, glad to be here. And also joining us is community manager and head submissions evaluator, Larry Oji, the judge
1: excellent hey good to be here with you leon appreciate
0: it thank you very much uh yeah it's exciting of all we've been doing this podcast all about video games music for several years we've uh, we've probably enjoyed a few tracks from your incredible resource i think it's probably the number one first place that people think of when they think of a like a repository for Mm -hmm. cover versions and arrangements and remixes of the video game musics that we love. And uh, yeah, so it's great to finally have you on the show. We're probably going to ask you some pretty basic questions that you've asked a few, uh, you, you know, you've been asked and had to answer a few billion times before, but hopefully we'll also go down some more interesting paths as well. But yeah, uh, the first thing that I clocked when, uh, when looking into uh, Overclocked Remix and the history of is you're coming up for your 20th anniversary just in a few months' time.
2: Correct, uh, the, sti- the site sort of started off in December of 1999, so we have that that fancy, you know, pre-2000, pre-aughts, uh, you know, point, <laughs> point of origin temporal 20th century. And, yeah, technically, right. te- te- technically a 20th century website, uh, just barely though. And yeah, we are coming up on our 20th year of completely non-profit, for free, fan-made video game music arrangements.
0: Fabulous, and you've never you've never got bored of it, thought of walking away, or you know just oh, left I it to somebody else to deal with. I wouldn't say never. Um, <laughs> there have been yeah. there
2: have been points uh, during the 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 development and operation of the site where it was like, boy, do we really want to commit um, to this project that's going to come up and chew up all this time? And consistently, I personally, and I think Larry as well, have been able to say, yeah, it's worth it. It's still interesting. People are still doing yeah. new things. New video yeah. game music is obviously being created to be arranged, but people are also still doing absolutely new things with older video game music. So it, it continues to be, uh, you know, there's there's a undiscovered
0: country out there. Exciting and rewarding. When did you come on board, Larry?
1: That would be, well, as a fan, I first discovered and was told about the website in early 2002 when I was doing college radio back in the Emory University days my undergraduate days, a friend of mine told me about OC Remix because I was doing a mixture of pop music and video game music from original soundtracks on my student radio show. And so he my friend passed on the word about Overclock Remix, and I told my best friend from high school about it. He downloaded everything back in the days when Dave had a message saying, please don't do that or you destroy our bandwidth and I pay a lot of money for it. And my friend didn't care anyway and he ended up downloading everything. It was about 500 tracks at the time. And when I sat down and listened through, that was when I discovered so many different soundtracks from uh, games that I was not familiar with as a kid. So a lot of RPGs I never played. And going from that point forward, I said, I am never skipping any music from this website. I'm checking everything out and when i started checking everything out i became a super mega super fan and eventually ended up joining the judges panel the team that helps select what music is posted to oc remix back in 2004 so i actually just celebrated my 15th anniversary as a member of the judges panel
0: pretty good and congratulations yeah it's pretty awesome yeah so i've learned a few things about like i I've, I've been familiar with the name uh, oc remix since i don't know exactly when probably about at least 15 years But I suppose um, when I realised it was a really massive thing was when Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HDR came out and it was like, oh, all right, okay, they're actually going to put the music from this fan site into an actual Capcom-released game. That seemed like really like a big deal. Like it really seemed to legitimise this this thing, which was relatively new, although it had been going a few years at the time. Was that a massive deal? Was that like a change in the tide? I wish I could say it was a change
2: in the tide. I don't necessarily, I wouldn't characterize it that way. Was it a massive okay. deal? Well, absolutely. A thousand percent. Yeah. Um, I mean, right. th- the, the side angle here is that just independent of anything with video game music or, or OC Remix, Larry and I are both Street Fighter nerds. Absolutely. And so, so it, it could have been another series and it would have been awesome and huge and very important for us but because mm. it was street fighter, I mean, this is something we grew up with. This is near and dear in all ways. And so that just elevated and escalated, I think everything about it for us. Um, mm. In terms of like, was it a change in the tide? We haven't done a lot of similar projects since. So it wasn't the no. be- the beginning of some sort of trend of corporate America in a, and corporate Japan for that matter, reaching out <laughs> to the fan community right. and becoming bosom buddies and you know running yeah. off into a sunset. That didn't happen. Um,
1: so okay. there were a lot nor of... Was that, nor, nor was that the ambition, per se. Well, yeah, so that didn't I, happen.
2: I wouldn't then. have objected, but it, it didn't happen <laughs> one way or the other. Um, a lot of things were unique about that game. The yeah. uh, the team running it, Serlin uh, in charge, very opinionated, very... Uh, you know, he had his own ideas. Capcom uh, US taking the lead on a Street Fighter right. title where Japan was kind of like oversight. And then, yeah, reaching out to the fan committee, uh, community, rather. Uh, through OC remix and getting a soundtrack done and we we worked with them it wasn't just a question of so we had already released an album uh blood on the asphalt and that's kind of what which was all street fighter 2 remixes and that yeah. kind of brought them to us but we couldn't use all of that some of the songs just wouldn't work the right way in the game and mm. in other cases there wasn't a track on the album for that specific theme Plus they needed the high damage faster versions of all of those songs. Of course. Um, And all the ending themes too. And all the ending themes too. Right. So there was actually, I mean, I still have the Excel spreadsheet to this day, but there was a lot of back and forth. They would take what we did and play it back to like the room and get feedback from everyone on their side. So we had um, comments coming back from Capcom that were as specific as like, get rid of that cello, I hate that cello. Um, (laughs) And we did. That cello was gone. Oh, actually, okay. I don't think it was a cello, but what are you going to do? Go back to Capcom yeah. and say, hey, actually, that's not a cello. No, we'll get rid of it. Whatever we think you're talking about, it's gone. That thing you, uh, yeah, thing you
0: think sounds like a cello. Yeah. Exactly. Right.
2: Um, so it, there was, like, in addition to just being a cool project, there was a creative back and forth, and it was actually like a collaboration. But I think a lot of aspects of the development of that particular game were, were just unique in general, yeah. and that kind of melded well with, with our model.
0: So I read a comment somewhere from a friend of the show, Tom Hewlett, uh, who's a video games producer. And he was when he was working on Contra 4, which was a similar sort of mm-hmm. American developed spiritual successor or come sequel to. I mean, they actually gave it the number Contra 4, yeah. which was mm-hmm. the first game to have the number on it in about 15 years at that point. True, um, And there was talk of uh, Contra 4 uh, going down a similar path.
2: Interesting. I wasn't aware of that, but um, I do know that for Contra Four, I mean, Jake Kaufman, Kaufman did the music vert, and he's got remixes on OC Remix. There and, you go. Yeah. And and they ended up doing like a a fan yeah, album of remixes. Yeah, rocked and loaded. Rocked and loaded. Yeah, and it, none of those have been submitted to OC Remix though. What's up there? We got. Oh, what are we doing? We well, got to give I'll, Jake I'll a hard time. Happen. Yeah, we got to make that happen. See, make that You're happen.
0: giving us ideas. That's, that's great. Cool. Um, yeah. So. One thing uh, that I guess I just never really thought about it, uh, despite the name being ubiquitous, um, I'd never thought about uh, the sort of gatekeeping aspect. I suppose, for want of a better term, sure. To s- basically the mechanisms to stop people just uploading and anything. sharing anything, right? Uh, regardless of uh, length, quality, or uh, appropriateness, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so you have a you have an actual. Kind of, um, yeah, like a a way of people submitting, and you have to actually. It's not just a case of, yeah, we'll take anything.
2: I mean, I mean, gatekeeping just sounds very, I don't know, Gestapo, Big Brother, big like draconian. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, we prefer curation. Um, that's, it's, that's better. It's yeah. curated. Um, it's yeah. not that we're. I mean, the gatekeeping argument. So we actually had people in the very early days of the website um, holding us to task for gatekeeping and saying, "Hey, you're stopping other people uh. from hearing this music." Um, And in the day, and you got to remember, this is 1999, 2000, 2001. No Facebook, no YouTube, uh, no SoundCloud. uh, So in in Mm. a real way, I guess, to some extent back then, we may have been once in a while actual gatekeepers in terms of restricting the audience for something. But I mean, Mm. it's 2019, that ship has sailed. Uh, If you want to get your music out to people where if they choose to, they can hear it, you've got YouTube, SoundCloud, um, a thousand million other services. And so we're not really gatekeeping in any sense anymore, but we are curating. And the idea there is simply this. We didn't want people taking the exact source tune from a video game keeping the same tempo, keeping the same notes, keeping the same Mm. structure, and basically just swapping in new instruments. That is specifically what we did not want. We wanted something where people were bringing their creativity to the table and interpreting the piece and arranging it. And arrangement is not just, I'm gonna change some instruments. Arrangement is more than that, in in our opinion, at least.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Uh, so yes, hopefully, well, we've already heard one piece. Let's talk a little bit about that one, and hopefully, we'll hear a, a smattering of the the different styles and genres and um, variations that people have brought. Obviously, with apologies to the, I don't know, I, we've we've talked uh, already. Uh, Larry kindly reduced the um, the workload by by cutting it down from four thousand plus tracks you have now yeah. down to a hundred and uh and then it was down to me to to make the final selection the cull for for this show so cool. with apologies to the hundreds thousands so of what, you, what you're saying is you're the gate
2: you're the gatekeeper is really uh, what
0: you saying i'm the gatekeeper for this one single show this okay. one time uh but, we, you know, you can come back on, like, once a year, and uh, but although that, we'll probably still be behind the number of s- submitted tracks. Well, so. by. Sure. well by. Maybe yeah. we just need to start the OC Remix uh, special, Sound of Play <laughs> That's right. weekly podcast. Um, but, yeah, so uh, we, we got it down to 10. I've gone for basically uh, the order of the tracks is in the order in which they appeared hmm. uh, on the site. Nice. So I've gone from the oldest uh, relative arrangement to the most recent but i've picked tunes that uh, basically where i cared about the original soundtrack so uh, i got a little uh, i got a little personal with it but um yeah so one of those soundtracks that i love is super metroid and so that meant that uh, this piece by the wingless mm-hmm. from kenji yamamoto's original all the world in one girl so, do you have, do you know the artists in every case well enough to have stories about them? Do you always have interaction with them? Do you have, um, do you, do you know the process that goes into every track, or is it just a case of somebody just says, "Here's my track," can I, you know, can I put it on? There?
2: Uh, it's a mix of both. Uh, the the further back you go in time, and of course this is an older mix, the more likely mm. that we're going to have a personal connection to the artist in question. Right. Uh, yeah, John Burnett, who, yeah, I mean he's a goofy guy. We used to ch- the wingless, wing um, We used to chat, on, to chat on chat on IRC. Um, a lot of those conversations probably couldn't be shared in a PG, uh, family-friendly <laughs> context. But I, uh-huh. I, I remember one time for like an hour and a half, we just communicated in nothing but Star Wars quotes. Where we were swapping in um, musical concepts for Star Wars concepts, and it was a, a very interesting conversation. But yeah, um, a lot of times people will submit something, and we don't know who they are or exactly. Sometimes we'll do some background research, uh, you know, minor cyberstalking to say like, okay, is this is this person like trying to pull our chain, or do they actually exist? Right. Uh, what's the following? Yeah. Just so that in our write up, so for every mix we post, we have a write up, so we can talk about them to some extent. But then in a lot of cases, yeah, we know exactly who you are. We've seen you before. <laughs> we talk to you on a regular basis. And we've met you at Magfest. Magfest or, or a different convention. John's John used to be West Coast, I think, Larry. I think he's still West still Coast. West I'm not Coast. sure, but he he's um he's a
1: he's a UI UX designer yeah. in, in games mm-hmm. and also uh, okay. out, outside of games, a web designer. He has an amazing website if you go to thewingless.com he always refreshes the look every couple of years and does a lot of intriguing things with it.
2: Yeah. He's, he's interesting because, and and this is true of several people in the community, but um, there are a lot of like multi-talented, like Leonardo da Vinci types, Renaissance men and women Mm -hmm. um, who can do music, uh, play instruments, but also code or in John's case. Yeah. um, Fabulous graphic designer, um, really good visual sense. And I think that's actually his, his, his forte, but his music's really good. And I, I wish he made more.
1: Yeah. He's a former judge as well. That's he used true. to be part of the evaluation team as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Well, fine. Pick me. Well done um, for that. Uh, and also this one, which to be honest, uh, when I was picking about, I did not really uh, make the connection, but this is one of yours, DJ Pretzel. Ah. Um, so we're going to, we're going to go next with consent, make me dance from the original uh, the super shinobi or revenge of shinobi as it was uh, in the west true yuzo kashiro of course who's back in making our uh, ears with uh, his uh, music for the mini genesis or the mini mega drive depending on where you are um which apparently he's done some mixes based on different instrument sets for the different games for the menu for the mini mini genesis which sounds excellent i remember seeing um, something about that yeah Yeah. So there's one like there's one tune that sounds like it's from Comic Zone because it uses those instruments. And there's one that it sounds like it's from Gunstar Heroes because it uses Mm. those instruments. And so that's uh, that's going to be a a real extra treat. Um, But uh, from your point of view, um, this I guess you made this, uh, well, 15 years ago now. Wow. Uh, And obviously, I I think it's (laughs) fair to say that um, Shinobi on the Mega Drive is uh, is one of the kind of absolute humding in 16-bit soundtracks that we all remember so i assume this was a big one from your youth
2: yeah i'll say amen to that that gets a secular amen from me because revenge of shinobi or you know super shinobi depending on what you genesis mega drive whatever you want Mm -hmm. to call it definitely one of my top 10 game soundtracks of all time definitely one of the soundtracks that probably contributed to me wanting to start a site like overclock remix in the first place Uh, and in fact when we so originally the site was all just html but when we put it all in a one big database i had to start doing the initial data entry and i, I really wanted yuzo koshiro to be the first composer entry so he is oh, i in oh. our database he is record number one in the artist's Perfect. table it was usually just a composer's table but then we merged remixers and artists together into one big table but he was the very first record for that reason probably for Re- revenge of shinobi like specifically although act razor i think was out at the time and i was also like "Ah, this is great yeah. this is great too
0: oh beautiful so uh do you what do you remember about uh putting this track together
2: oh boy well this one um some some of the mixes way back in the day i would kind of put together and get excited and i had you know actual free time and in a matter of seven or eight hours uh just from from soup to nuts starting on it in a single day sometimes i would finish a mix uh, the good yeah. old days this was not one of those this was past that <laughs> era for me this was like working a full-time job I'm going to college at the same time I worked on songs and how I still work on songs is essentially in in pieces this one took a really long time because I personally felt an obligation to do revenge of shinobi what I considered justice and I was a bit of a perfectionist on okay I want the bass to sound exactly like this and until I get it sounding like this the song is not done and so each sound in that mix is something that I tweaked and worked on over many months um, to get it t- to where I wanted it. And of course, the title—the original title—is "Make Me Dance." So I think, oh, mm-hmm. like, you know, you can't make me dance; you have to have my consent. This was before Me Too and the current like you know social yeah. trends of everything else. But it's like, okay, that's a good name for a mix. Nowadays, I think the title of the mix would actually—I uh, don't know—strike different chords that were not originally intended. Um, but yeah it's a fantastic soundtrack wanted to do it justice had a previous revenge of shinobi mix on the site that i felt okay well that's not that great i wasn't happy with it so i didn't want to make the mistake of like turning out another mix that i wasn't happy with for this mm. soundtrack so i took a long time with it wanted it to be funky and spent a lot of time specifically on the baseline
0: beautiful well let's enjoy it listener this is david's own consent from super or revenge of shinobi <laughs>
3: I'm proud, 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 i am proud i
0: Fantastic stuff. I think you did it justice. Thank you. I'm going to say, which is no mean feat because yeah, Yuzo Kushiro, a favorite of ours, of course, any video game music thing mm-hmm. in this case, a podcast. Of course, we've, uh, we shared a lot of, uh, Yuzoku Shiro over the years. I was just, uh, thinking we haven't got, unusually we haven't got any Uematsu or Yoko Shimomura on this show, but we've got some, uh, wow. we've got some other deeper cuts. Um, this next one perhaps, uh, would come under that, uh, a, a game that's mainly known as a coin up, although it was converted far and wide and there was even a an xbox 360 version also uh, brought to us by m2 a few years ago now um, but this mix is from 2008 this version the coin up was from 1987 from uh, sega's sprite scaling era and uh, super hang on is the game so what can you tell me about burn baby burn by uh, juan medrano Larry, I
2: think I've been doing a lot of the talking, so you should probably. Oh cover no, this one. I, no, you can you can keep talking for
1: you know I'm I'm all good with that. But so Juan Madrano is previously known as Sixto Sounds in our community. I remember he first arrived, I believe, in 2006, maybe uh, it could have in 2005, 2006, and immediately made his mark with really impressive rock stuff. I think nowadays we almost get too spoiled with. The plethora of strong rock and metal remixes that are yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. And there were, there were plenty of those back in the the even the oldest days of OCR. But nowadays we're having more of those artists emerge. And one of the ones in kind of the what I think of as kind of the late early days, if that makes any sense, of, of OCR, was Juan. So it's something that I would say is melodically conservative, but really expands upon what's what's a limited sound palette of the original mm. song to just really bolster it and flesh it out, make it a fuller sound and give it a lot more energy. So I, I'm a big, big fan of everything that Juan does. He's an amazing contributor. He's been on so many different album projects that we, we have and i really love hearing something like this that's a throwback to like you said leon a really classic sega game and, and a really classic sega soundtrack
0: yeah we got a little run of sega stuff here pure coincidence um just uh, <laughs> i mean i i'm a, i'm a fan of sega i'm a fan of everything really and um a 30th
1: it, anniversary of the mega drive recently so true enough. absolutely
0: yeah. but yeah it mainly comes down to the the composers and uh, memories of the game i was terrible at super hang on but uh yeah, I played some of the Scrubbier home versions as well on the Amiga and such. Probably because like, you but, let go,
2: uh, and the game is called Hang On, so you gotta. <laughs> <Good point. laughs> I heck? knew I was doing something wrong. Don't let go. Uh, Where
0: <laughs> I guess when I was fifteen, uh, when this came out, I, I was probably I was still quite short then. I'm, I, I ended up tall, but I, I used to struggle to actually clamber on the cabinet. There you go. Sad, sad times. Uh, so let's enjoy some. I knew Alice would uh, would not be happy if we didn't include at least one. Uh, track with a certain amount of shredding on it. So, this is Juan Madrono's version of Katsuhiro Hayashi's Burn Baby Burn. <laughs> Indeed, the original is called "Burn, Baby, Burn." I can't remember if Super Hang-On has track names or just like you know, probably music, not. Or whatever. Like,
2: we actually yeah. emphasize to artists that they should come up with their own name for their mix, so yeah. as to differentiate it from the source cool. tune. That makes sense. I think it's outright a crisis, if I remember.
0: Oh, that is the, is the name. It's a good of the thing original. to do
2: if there's a crisis. Just outright it. Yeah,
0: That mm. sounds like a, an '80s Sega music title for sure um yeah i was going to ask you so do you both is there, are there tunes obviously it's music's in, the most subjective thing um or as equally as subjective as any other art form at least mm-hmm. uh, and so obviously when it comes to submissions i suppose you have to set your personal taste aside a little yeah. in the sense of like you might if you're more into the jazz and groovy, funky stuff or the, the hip hop, you might not like the, the, you know, the piano ballad type things or whatever, just as a, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but do you ultimately get to know every piece that that exists on the curated OCR site intimately? You know them all like really well, or there's some that you've heard way more than others. Mm,
2: I think everybody everybody has their favorites, and time is finite. So I'd be surprised if, in my history, I've listened to every mix equally. There are probably some that you could yeah. you could play for me, and I wouldn't be able to identify as an O.C. remix because we're now into like, as you mentioned, almost four thousand if you conclude the album yeah. mixes. But right. I mean, there are certainly mixes I come back to. In my free time, not listening to video game music, I tend to have sort of a bias or gravitate towards uh, vocal music. So a lot Mm. of the mixes that I come back to have an original vocal line added on top. I think that's a really neat thing to do with an arrangement. That's actually also incidentally something that polarizes a lot of listeners. Some listeners just, if it has vocals, will not even consider it in a zillion Mm. years. And other people like me, like that's something I actually gravitate to. Embrace it. Yeah. Yeah especially with original lyrics, where it's something that's just been um, added as opposed to like a cover of a source tune that already had vocals.
1: Yeah, I mean, there there are different tastes out there. And I think the thing I've tried to push kind of in my role as a judge and that, at least in my experience, I've tried to make sure that other judges pick up on is that our personal taste really shouldn't have any bearing on the outcome of the judgments, obviously, obviously, to some extent, we're all different individuals. So there's some subjectivity that's inherently built into that process. But at the end of the day, I've, I've always tried to spell out, we don't care what game it is. We don't care if it has representation or not on the website. We don't care if the artist has had drama or been critical of OC remix, you know, there's so many myriad of factors that could go in that would you know, potentially be an easy way to bias something, but we we try to put that to the side.
0: That's yeah. That that makes that makes sense, and uh, I think yeah, it's kind of the only way to do it in a way. Otherwise, we we, we go back to the the gatekeeping rather than the curating. I suppose is right. the thing. Well, no, pe- people people always assume that there's a big level of gatekeeping. If you look at
1: the makeup of of OC Remix, obviously there are there's a lot more representation of say you know Final Fantasy, Super Mario Brothers, Sonic the Hedgehog, something yeah. like that. Yeah. But I think if you if if you looked at any pretty much any gamers top list of franchises or you know any sort of list you wanted to come up with those are the franchises and the games that would wind up on those lists you know top games of all time super metroid chrono trigger you know super mario world that kind of stuff so i think there's not a nostalgia bias in terms of what the evaluation team no, selects no, right. there. But, you know, but obviously there's going to be a weight toward nostalgia among the artist community, among yeah, yeah, that creative community on, on the source
0: material they choose. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, we actually had a question. This is from Kana uh, Kane Rint's team member, Thomas Quilfer, who's in the video games music industry and in that he works for Laced Records. All right. Who, Laced. Yes. Uh, who, yeah. He uh, he! They put out vinyl with um, beautiful vinyl for for various games, um, which is is very cool. exciting to have have him on the team. Uh, yeah, and he was asking, you know, are you comfortable that people seem to stick to those uh, those well known franchises, Final Fantasy, Zelda, Chrono, or do you actually prefer it when people pick more obscure music to highlight and cover? And has that. Has that changed over time at all? Are, are people now, now that every Final Fantasy and every Mario track's been done a million times, <laughs> maybe people are going to look, uh, at one of the ones you put in the 100 to me was uh, Stormlord. That came close mm-hmm. to making the cut. And there's something that's a bit more of a deep cut.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there there are people coming to uh, the, the the video game music arrangement community f- for different things. I mean, some of them, they just played a game for the first time, or it's their favorite new game or whatever, and they want to hear a mix of it. And that obviously favors franchises that have had more recent releases um, that people are more familiar with. So over over time, even franchises that were once a lot more popular, like Metroid, I don't think we see as many Metroid mixes anymore, just because there have, hasn't mm-hmm. been... Uh, there haven't been yeah. as many major like triple a metroid titles i know nintendo's working on mm. it and i'm excited yeah. as as much as anybody happen. else yeah but yeah. i mean it hasn't been dominating the headlines um but you know in in terms of being disappointed i would say i come at the site personally from two different angles one as a gamer uh, and someone who you know likes video games video game music etc two as someone who loves music um and music technology and making music and just everything about it um and so I actually get a little bit more disappointed um, when certain artists stick to a jo- genre and don't want to sort of like break out of their own personal mold and try something yes. new. And we don't right. see, as Larry mentioned, we don't see a ton of jazz. Within jazz, there are like tons of different uh, subgenres that we also Absolutely. you know, don't yeah. see. I'd like yeah. to see more Latin stuff in general. Mm. So yeah. the thing that frustrates me more is not necessarily um, that OCR represents like every single video game out there, but more that we represent musically what can be done with video game gotcha. music a little bit more diversely, just in terms of genres and the types of things, the types of submissions we see. Um, that being said, there's, there's a great deal of diversity already. I mean, it's not like people are just doing EDM and metal. We see a ton no. of stuff. I was happy no. to release our chronology album, uh, The Chrono Trigger, all jazz. It was our first jazz album. It's awesome. Highly recommended. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. in terms of games, um I never want to stop seeing chrono trigger mixes. If like if chrono trigger mixes stopped coming in, I, I think I'd lose sleep or something. Um yeah. so to me it's great that this art form, this medium can be appreciated with classics that are still relevant to artists, you know, 30 years later, um 20 years later, 30 years later, a lot of years later. Um, many years. Many many years. So <laughs> Yeah, from an evaluation perspective, we certainly can't penalize or, you know, reward anything. But just from a personal perspective, um, I'm fine with the mix. I think we get a good variety of, like, indie games and newer stuff now along with the retro. And also yeah. what what we personally as, like, 40 or late 30-year-olds consider retro is is now, like... 16 bit is considered retro and and PlayStation 1 is considered retro so that's wild. the definition yeah. of re- well it's For like sure. you hear Nirvana on the classic rock channel now and it's like is that classic rock? I guess that's classic rock. <laughs> it's a long time it's ago. It's not the Eagles, <laughs> it's not Hotel California, I can tell you that. So, you know, definitions shift, things shift, but uh, I kind of like that there's a little bit of stability in terms of certain games and certain songs enduring past that and through it.
1: Yeah, just, just adding to that, I always, I always like the deep cuts I, I, I because I always like expanding my own knowledge of video game music mm, out there. As, as yeah. I mentioned a little bit earlier, I, when I grew up as a kid, I didn't have a lot of video games growing up. I loved the ones that I played. And so OC Remix gave me so much exposure to franchises that I had never heard, whether they be more obscure or even larger ones. You know, the, the Castlevanias, of Final Fantasy, Secret of Mana, that kind of thing. But I I, I always love hearing stuff from more obscure games, but kind of getting back to Dave's point about hearing certain games or themes come up more frequently, you know, the, the, the Mario's, the Sonics, the Donkey Kong Countries, the Zelda's, and stuff like that, hmm. I, I say a lot uh, and just having heard so many uh, submissions, whether successful or unsuccessful, the thing that gets me every once in a while, I might say, Oh man, another aquatic ambience <laughs> remix from donkey Kong country or another Dr. Wiley stage one from Mega Man two. Yeah. But the community has proven time and time again, and it will continue time and time again to have new, different creative ideas for the classic themes, the ones that engender the most, you know, arrangements and, and the most, um, new uh, ideas you will hear so many different styles so i i recommend to anybody to go to ocremix.org and you can actually sort um the list of original songs by the number of remixes that are available yeah. and check out a, you know Terra's theme from final fantasy 6 you know check out the overworld theme from super mario brothers 1 there's so many different arrangement styles to it and, and so it continues to be impressive and there's always new uh ground to be uncovered
0: mm, Nice. Next up, uh, this is uh, the third in our little mini run of uh, Sega stuff for whatever reason, mm-hmm. just because this was the next one uh, chronologically uh, from the 10 that I selected. This is from uh, a game that I have some really powerful memories of, Fantasy Star Online. It was my first yeah. real uh, time gaming over the internet, playing uh, one English penny a minute over a dial-up 33k wow. modem that's uh, awesome <laughs> it was uh yeah it was a, it was a whole new world and the, the thing is i'm not the biggest online gamer now but uh but it, obviously it's just kind of part and parcel of of contemporary gaming yeah, but the sure.
1: avenues that the avenues that the dreamcast opened up with yeah. online gaming or yeah that that it was ahead of its time for sure
0: it was i still remember the day that because uh, they, they gave away choo, choo rocket you just had to send off for it uh i think you <laughs> signed up on on the dream net via your your 33k modem and just ticked a box or something in some scruffy old uh late 90s looking website and uh and mm-hmm. yeah and the next thing i knew the, the the postman was arriving with a with a jiffy envelope with uh with the, the latest sonic team game in um and actually the online was pretty laggy on that one but i played it a ton in local multiplayer um and this is uh, the end of my campaign to uh get now they're bringing monkey ball back choo choo rocket next would be good uh, that has some amazing music as well by the way but where were we fantasy star yes um this had some yeah i mean i i think a lot of people remember the the opening song there's a vocal version and an instrumental version uh, but this is from uh, some of your time spent down on the surface of the planet, uh, Raygol or Raygel—never quite sure. Um, it was just written down. Uh, and the original was by uh, one of Sega's uh, in or Sonic Team's in-house composers, from Matani mm-hmm. She's done a lot of Sonic stuff as yes. well. Yes. Uh, but this is so. This is a, an OC remix by Zircon or Zircon. Don't know how we say it. Um, um, anything you can tell me about this one, guys?
2: Oh, there's a lot we can tell you about Zircon. I'm not sure how much exactly I can tell you about Fantasy Online. Uh, incidentally, a huge fan of the original like 16-bit, uh, 8-bit yes. first, and then 16-bit FC yeah. start 2, 3, right. and 4. Um, did play online, <laughs> so I'm not as familiar with it, but I played the original quadrilogy quite a bit. Yes. And the first mix, the very first mix on OC remix is Fantasy Star Three. Just incidentally, my my own uh, arrangement of Fantasy Star Three. Um, there you go. You, you asked previously, like, do we know the artist? And 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 Zircon is another uh, individual like Wingless. He's been part of the staff. He's been a judge. Um, he's uh-huh. he he headed up, directed our Final Fantasy VI Balance and Ruin, Final Fantasy VII um, Voices of the Lifestream albums. And right. he's, he's kind of tightly integrated to the history of, of 0 remix in general and has a ton of awesome mixes on the site, including this one. Uh, Larry, did you play PSO? Probably not.
1: Um, I, I didn't, but here's the thing. So I'll just say real quick about Andy. Yeah. He's, he's one of my best friends. I was just on the phone oh, with him ye- yesterday and I was best man at his wedding. So Andy is, wow. uh, yeah, we're, we are, uh, we're, we've been tight for a long time and, um, but with with Fantasy Star Online, this was actually one of the soundtracks that OC Remix got me uh, down the rabbit hole with. Quinn Fox had um, uh, the first Fantasy Star Online Remix on OCR. So that led me back in the uh, back in my college days on Napster and, you know, uh, Kazaa and Bear Share, all, the, all yeah. those online services where you can yeah. download MP3s. And so I grabbed the Fantasy Star Online soundtrack just to listen to it because Quinn's. Uh, OC remix got me interested in it and so i was already very familiar with the original song uh, image of hero and yeah that got fumie Kumatani on my, my radar originally so i'm a, i'm a, i'm a huge fan of her work mm. and this is a this is a, a a tremendous piece so andy did this in the style of the the group weather report
3: mm-hmm.
1: and you, yeah. you know if you if you want to listen to jazz fusion and get a, get an idea of the, the influences with that um, I, I would recommend that. And he actually did this not just in tribute to Weather Report, but almost as a, a demo because he, he is a music library publisher as well for his company that he uh, co-founded, Impact Soundworks. And so he came out with a sample set called Groove, Groove Bias Vintage Drum Sounds. And this is basically his proof of concept with with those drums. So it's actually a sound set you can buy and uh, and, and, and employ yourself if you're a musician.
2: Uh, which which Fantastic. incidentally just further down the rabbit hole here mm-hmm. but groove bias itself is a product uh, that larry mentions you can buy from impact soundworks which is uh, andy zircon's company groove bias itself is a reference to something that the oc remix judges panel was accused of having i.e we were <laughs> we were biased <laughs> towards songs that had like a groove like edm i guess generally speaking <laughs> so there's a what? meme that made its way into a product offering there <laughs> Probably not the first time.
0: <laughs> That's well, a cultural I, I, legacy, I, right and, there. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'll just say, just just as the the further impact that Andy has had, um, you know, Andy and Dave worked together on a super audio card mm-hmm. for uh, a a uh, chip tune sound library you can talk a little bit about that dave and how that's something that's kind of spun off from the, the ocr community well yeah that awesome.
2: was that was zircon's uh, project as well that i got involved with um me and someone else on the oc remix uh, chat came up with the name super audio cart because it's like a reference to super mario kart kind of kind of it's obviously good. but you know um the idea there is it's a sample library but but he actually took and had other people take original video game hardware in some cases you know relatively obscure and sample it directly as opposed to emulating it or doing anything with synthesizers. This is like, no, no, no. We plugged audio equipment, audio recording equipment into the output of a Sega Genesis and made it make all these sounds and sampled them. And now you can use them as building blocks to build other types of sounds.
0: Um, it's, it's a pretty cool product. It's very unique. Well, I'm pretty glad that uh, by sheer happenstance, I picked Zircon's piece. Let's enjoy it, uh, listener, with Fantasy Star Online, raygol or Rhajal, whether Enjoy. So I was going to ask you guys, I'm here with Larry and David from OC Remix. Uh, you mentioned Jake Kaufman earlier. Yeah. Being somebody who was uh, was involved with OC Remix and is now perhaps, yeah, one of the most highly regarded uh, video game composers around, I would say. Without Certainly a doubt. Within uh, within the sort of the the broader chiptune genre. Uh, are there others who are known to us who we've probably featured on Sound of Play before who started uh, sort of honing their skills in the the OC remix world before well branching out. <laughs> Jake
2: Jake Jake always had skills. Um so yeah I guess he was honing them. But I mean he actually started uh Jake specifically started a you could say I guess you could call it a sister site, but that's not really the truth. It was a competitor to OC Remix. He started V <laughs> he started VG Mix after I got into a TIFF with him. Uh, I forget it was forum drama. The early years oh, nice. <laughs> the early years of the internet, people took everything very, very seriously. Anyway, uh we had a beer at like Magfest 5 and everything's been cool since then. But there was actually there was actually like Animus. Um if you read the logs, which someone probably somewhere has, at any rate, um yeah, Jake Jake's situation and history with those three remixes is like super super unique um because mm-hmm. of that site that he started uh, which is still I think I think you can still go to vgmix.com and get some of the songs um We
1: can go to vg the vgmix VG archive vgmix archive. Yeah, yeah. sure.
2: Um And so, yeah, there's not many people that, that would have a similar legacy and lineage to Jake as pertains to OCR, but there are definitely mm-hmm. a lot of other people. Um, Danny Baranowski comes to mind, but uh, Larry, you, you probably have a mental list. Oh, geez. Well, I mean, you meant, you, you know, we
1: just had Zircon's track. So sure. Zircon is, is somebody that uh, came up through OC Remix and, 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 and helps credit OCR with, with the influence of, of him becoming a game music composer. And uh, funny enough, I mean, he met his wife, Jillian, uh, now Jillian Aversa, through OC Remix as well. And she's an amazing uh, composer and primarily a, a vocalist in the in the video game music space. Just heard some great work that she did, uh, vocal work she did in collaboration with uh, veteran game composer Tom Salta. Hmm. So, I mean, she's she's been on uh, Halo, Civilization. I mean, she's done a lot of Different projects. Uh,
2: I'm trying to.
1: Will Will. Oh, you go ahead.
2: Well, I mean, Danny Bar- Baranowski definitely comes to mind. Um, he was a judge. Mm. He I, he originally started on the site under a different, like I think it was System Maniac was his mm-hmm. was his pseudonym, but he dropped that, which is probably good for everyone. Although you know, some would say I should have d- dropped DJ Pretzel like a really long time ago. But I just <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm stubborn. Stop, um Yeah, he switched to Danny B, and yeah, he was a judge on the site. He has a ton of mixes on the site. They're all great. His Earthworm Gym mix in particular, uh, Knuckle Ooh. Dusters, uh, really, really cool. And no, 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 that's an Invertebrate Retreat. Invertebrate Retreat, I'm sorry. But he did Knuckle Dusters. Yeah, du- yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, Knuckle Dusters Sonic 3 and is excellent also, as well. Both, both great vocal both mixes. Both great vocal mixes. And that's like, um, I always know the vocal mixes first. But um, when he, about when he was like phasing out of OC Remix, he was sort of coming into his own right as a game composer with Super Meat Boy and then on to uh, Binding of Isaac, and then on to mm-hmm. Crypto of the Necrodancer, and now with Cadence of Hyrule, he's like, he's superstar status too. Um, Will Roget, you know, was never a judge on the site and wasn't as, um, you know, involved in the day-to-day operations of the site as Danny B ever was. But, I mean, he has some mixes that go back a while. He's participated in some albums. He's probably saying something ridiculous on the OCR Discord, like, right now as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's just how he is, but I mean, Mortal Kombat 11, Call of Duty, World of War Two, uh, you know. So yeah, there there are a lot of people I think yeah. that have come either like were d- deeply involved in OCR or at least adjacent to OCR at the time who have now you know made very much a name for themselves that, that that's much bigger than OCRs. Yeah,
1: and I mean, it c- it continues to this day. I mean, even even on the newer side, we have Pete Lepley, otherwise known as Phonetic Hero. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got several mixes on the site, and he just scored uh, Chucklefish Studio's latest game, War Groove. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean we we've got people still to this day that are coming in that are you know either using the OC remix process, whether it's submitting their individual arrangements, participating in albums, participating in uh, competitions on the website. They they're using it to hone their skills, and they're applying them uh, professionally and getting those getting those soundtracks, getting those gigs, and so. Um, and, and, and like Dave said earlier, there's so many people that are talented in so many different ways. So I know the latest kind of blow up that we've had, you know, in a good way, uh, Joe Zija, who goes by expert Mm. novice, he's not only an amazing musician and I'm sure he's going to continue, um, to do amazing things in that space, but you know, he's a, he's a published sci-fi author through Tor books, which is a really, you know, the, the, the top, um publisher of, of of sci-fi in uh, in north america and he's also a voice actor and he is clawed in fire emblem three houses Beautiful. and is now blowing up huge <laughs> due to that role being revealed yeah. so yeah he's got some amazing works on ocr um for sure i
2: haven't told him yet but i'm actually playing fire emblem and i went with the black eagle house and edelgard <laughs> you
3: can't do I, that, dude. I,
2: I don't know how no. to tell him that i didn't you're not I, golden deer look i can always do a replay was my was my argument oh, i can always do a replay no
1: my I, man i don't know how I'm Joe, gonna break it if you're list,
2: if you're listening
1: man, I, I wouldn't betray you like that not like Dave. you wouldn't play right the here. game in the first place larry oh.
2: <laughs> yeah but i would never betray him either oh,
0: okay <laughs> so you can't comment on the quality of his performance
2: oh no he's in the game even if you pick one of the other houses and he's doing a great job it's a very fl- flamboyant character that has a good fan uh, following
0: it's not sucking you out of it by knowing the voice no not at all cool good all Right, next up uh, we have uh, a thumping piece from a thumping game probably one of if not the last ever truly fully sprite based big budget fighting game productions because and by the way this is nothing against what uh uh what arc system works do now but mm. um with with their amazing 2d 3d you know uh, guilty gear games and and that sort of thing but uh, the king of fighters 13 mm. back in 2010 and then the home versions came out um yeah just uh for the for those for those of us who grew up with sprites um just one of yeah kind of like the the ultimate kind of um peak of that sort of style of, of fighter and also um, this is one of the games where a, a large number of people worked on the soundtrack and hmm. we don't know individually who made which track but we do know that this piece uh, which was uh, in the hundred and has made the final ten for this sound of play one hit KO uh, is uh, an OC Remix version by Will Rock tell us about Will Rock and uh, and this piece if you've got anything on it he's, he's British he's a Brit person he's from the UK right. William Rock, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> why. Well, sir. William
1: Har- yeah, Will- yeah. William Harvey goes by Will Rock, but yeah, he, he's another, he's another former OC Remix judge. Um, a, a lot of the judges, I mean, they 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 do amazing work, mm-hmm. and that's why you know they end up getting recruited and and uh, end up testing with us to see if they can join the team that that helps make those selections this one is is awesome and dave I'm, I'm sure can speak a little bit to the the sound of it because it reminds him of some you know synthesizers that that he uh, messes around with but i know um for me i don't know leon if you played road rash back in the day oh, yeah. but the sounds to this of course remind me of of, of road rash mm. and that was kind of my frame of reference with it but it's such a it's just such an upbeat piece it reminds me of something that would kind of fit A little bit in kind of that that road rest setting, something where I can imagine, you know, swinging a pipe and knocking somebody off of a bike. But um, so this was made actually for uh, back in 2013 for a community album called Apex 2013, Straight to the Top. And one of our uh, current judges, uh, Shark Ansari, who goes by Dark Sword, he got approached – by um, the Apex Fighting Game Tournaments mm-hmm. to make a companion album exclusive for the event, so physical Ooh. copies were made exclusive for the event, and to, to represent all the different fighting games that were, uh, you know, in those in those tournaments in that event. So you know, there's Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, King of Fighters, uh, Smash Brothers, and, and so on and so forth. But so this is part of that lineup, and actually, this was uh, Apex 2013 was the first of those albums that we've done. For for the fighting game community, so we've mm. done several um, albums for the, the Apex Fighting Game tournaments. We also did one for a CEO, um, otherwise known as Community Effort Orlando, um, that that is an annual fighting game tournament as well. So that yeah, that that project, uh, the Apex uh, album project, ended up being something that kind of spun off and, and took on a life of its own. Thanks to uh, thanks to Dark Sword and, and thanks to the community for stepping up.
2: Yeah, just just chiming in there um, a little bit, uh, I guess. I would, I would personally say that the pinnacle of sprite-based, uh, you know, two D fighting games came a little bit before, just a little bit with with Third Strike. But that's because I'm a street. Okay, f- yeah, yeah, well, that's because I'm a street Well, through, me too. You know, yeah. don't
0: get me wrong. I, I guess I was just thinking chronologically in yeah. terms of yeah. this it was, was like a
2: last hurrah. Sure. Yeah, uh, I, sure. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, no, this is a great mix. Uh, Will Rock is an artist that has, like, tried a, a couple different styles in, in, like, the evolution of his career. And and one of the things that he didn't do initially that he ended up incorporating more and more, at least for a period, was uh, guitar parts. Um, so this has a nice guitar solo in it. Um, the synth that Larry mentioned, yeah, there's a DX7 sound. So I kind of come at anything with synth sounds from the perspective of like, can I associate this with a, like a historical synthesizer that was really popular at the time, or is it something new? Um, one of the things that you'll get reading the reviews that I write on OC Remix is sort of like a very, very basic level of understanding, at least in terms of vocabulary, uh, of, of synthesis and the different types of sounds that correlate to different words, like what does a saw synth sound like versus a sign mm. versus a square wave? Um, Versus an FM bass, which in this case, yeah, it's an FM bass
0: line that sounds a lot like something from the, the DX7. Enjoy, listener. One hit KO from the King of Fighters 13. This is Will Rock's interpretation. <laughs> Esaka Mix from King of Fighters 13. You can check out the uh, show notes for the full list of original composers. I'm here excitingly with David and Larry from OC Remix. Yes, that OC Remix, the real one. Uh, I was going to ask you guys, is there, you were talking about uh, being able to sort your site via different criteria. Mm-hmm. One of the questions I got from our team was, uh, who in your opinion, is the most coverable video game composer? I was wondering if you search on your site by the most covered, uh, does it? Mm-hmm. Is it the people we'd expect? Is it Koji Kondo? Is it yes. Uematsu? Yeah. Yes.
2: Uh, hold on, one second. <laughs> one second. I'll get you. I'll get you. It's the information. We're doing it live. We're doing it live. Um, well, can we do it live?
0: Uh, give us a chart. Six, or, so, you when know, you sort by mixes, five. it
2: actually assumes that you want to know like remixers and not composers. But I'm seeing 691 mixes for Uomatsu, yep. and pretty high up there. Kondo with 440, Yokoshima Mura with 116. Let's see, Yasunori Matsuda with 247. You'd expect the, the bump from yeah. uh Chrono Trigger, yeah, and so on. Um, where's where's Wise? Where's Mr. Wise?
0: Hold on. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Is our recent guest uh, Grant Kirkhope? Has he got a has he got a decent showing? 171 for David Wise. Nice. Grant Kirkhope, hold on
2: one second. As we search the site live, it's it's not a it's not a competition though. It's not a
0: competition. No, no, of course. It's uh, just uh, pure curiosity. Uh, Kirkhope. Uh... Looks like 32,
2: although some of those 32 are actually mixes that he made. So th- the, the, for a composer, the remix count includes not only like any remixes right. of their work, but also if they have remixed something on the site, contributes to that number. And of course, Grant Kirk- Kirkhope actually contributed to a mix on our DKC3 album. Wonderful. Yeah. Oh, DKC2.
1: Two. No, no, Two and, two uh, well, and I'll, three. I'll tell you this. Did, was he on three? I was know Robin he? Beanland was on two and three. I remember that. Uh, so right. no no I know so so I remember for OC Remix and it was a big occasion for us with OC Remix number 2000 yes. David Wise actually participated mm-hmm. in our community's Donkey Kong Country 2 album and he did a collaboration uh, arrangement of the end credits theme to Don- Donkey Kong Country 2. And that was in collaboration with Grant Kirkhope and Robin Beamlin. So Super. three rare legends yeah. you know, from the rare company that are part of that Donkey Kong Country, Donkey Kong Land series. So
2: I literally have the website in front of me and Larry is still able to correct me on <laughs> the, this, <laughs> he knows. this website that I started. Uh, yes, Larry is right. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm deep in the game and and just uh, yeah as I mentioned before uh, in, in other occasions David Wise yeah we we love him he's one of my guys mm-hmm. in terms of somebody that's influenced me in liking video game music as much as I do because back in the Donkey Kong Country days when you pause the game the music would continue playing and so when we got to interview yeah. him for uh you know for the website we did a, a, an email based interview and i said oh you know this was a big you know influential moment for me as a gamer and and really growing to love video game music what was the thought process behind the the, the music continuing to play was it trying to get more immersive with the experience and, and whatnot and he goes no the thing is we ran out of memory yeah so unlike <laughs> battle toads where i do a pause jingle we didn't have any memory so we just decided to let the music continue playing Good call. It, yep. it wasn't a deflating answer but it was just oh there wasn't any bigger thought behind it <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so yeah, but it, it's changed some lives,
2: yeah. And and just going back to your uh original question, so like the interesting average adjective there is coverable, so it's not like who's yeah. the best composer ever, right? What not, who's yeah. the most not quite the same yeah, thing, who's yeah. Who's the most coverable? And I suppose if you just go by the stats, the answer would be Uematsu. And I think there's still yeah. a strong argument for that to be your answer, but I also think that well, he's just done a ton of stuff, and people right. really love Final Fantasy. So True. those numbers are going to be high no matter what, in a certain sense. Um, I think I would probably go with Kondo, Koji Kondo, simply because, like, they're really catchy. Like, he's he's just like the king of doing catchy uh, yeah. video game jingles that, that can it can repeat like a thousand times. And you're still just like, yeah, I could hear that again.
3: Right. Um, yeah.
2: And if you can listen to something a thousand times and still be like, oh, I could hear that again, then it's probably, you know, going to be something you can arrange
0: and do something with. Yeah. That is not a bad shout.
2: Well,
1: we—I would say. Well, let me just say real quickly. For the for the broader into, if you want to go even beyond OC remix, and I I guess just stat wise for who would be the most covered video game composer out there, if you go to a a video game uh, soundtrack database like VGMDB. You can look up Junya oh, Ota, yeah. who goes by Zune, mm-hmm. and he's the creator and also the composer of the Toho Bullet Hell shoot 'em up series. Yep. Right, and so he made his music freely uh, licensable, and True. so you don't. If you wanted to, if you wanted to sell cover versions of um, Mm. stuff for the Toho series. He doesn't charge for it. So in in Japan, Yeah. yeah. So there are, if you go there, there are absolutely tons and tons by an exponential order of magnitude over any other composer. So by a statistical statistical calculation, it would be Junya Ota, otherwise known as Zoom.
2: (laughs) And and, and his music is very good. I would stress that you probably shouldn't go strictly by the numbers, but I'm still a a huge fan of his. So, you
0: know yeah one of his almost made the cut just uh just i just excised it in the end because i'm not hugely familiar with that particular run of uh of bullet hell shoot 'em ups but um yeah <laughs> uh so but yeah david wise uh is uh a target for this show obviously we've had uh we've had grant on we've had steve burke on um, to get David Wise on would be a, a treat for everyone involved. We'll you? nag him for you for sure. Well maybe Thank he'll you. maybe he'll hear this and this
2: can be the invitation and like Let's he, you know, do it. Come on David Come. on, come on. Come on. He's Perfect. There you
0: go. Grant's been on I mean you can't have you can't have Kirk Hope and not have David Wise at some point. So David that is You your gotta get Robin
1: Veenland on, on there too to talk about that sure. BAFTA
0: award he just oh, won for sure for, yeah. sure for yeah. CF Eves yeah. He's I'd dripping in gold. Absolutely <laughs> delighted to. We have a uh, we have one Sea of Thieves obsessive on the team. We've been doing some uh, streaming Ooh. and stuff of Sea of Thieves shenanigans, so that would nice, uh, tie things nice. up
1: beautifully. We just, we just had uh, Dustin Branscombe, another one of our contributors who goes by Dusk. He just had a Sea of Thieves arrangement approved by the judges panel, so we will oh, have sweet. our first Sea of Thieves uh, arrangement up on OC Remix in the near future. Nice.
0: Superb. Look out for that. Mm-hmm. So we've already mentioned we've mentioned third strike, we've mentioned HD remix, of course. Now my personal favourite of the uh, sub series of Street Fighter games is the Alpha series or Zero series. Yes, uh, and I had to pick one from this Street Fighter or Streetest Fighter OCR by Bonkers. <laughs> Tell us about this one, guys.
2: There, it's all you. It's Dan. It, it's Dan's
1: theme, so it's it's a great it theme. Sure I my, my my some of my fondest gaming memories. Uh, Our our Street Fighter and like David David mentioned, we both enjoy Street Fighter a lot. It it was amazing to work on Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD Remix. And and I say this not just having worked on that game, which is a a bucket list item in and of itself, but Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo is my favorite soundtrack of all time. Just my personal favorite, seventeen character themes, all legendary. There are no bad themes on that Mm -hmm. soundtrack. They're all memorable and legendary. And a big part of my childhood growing up was playing Street Fighter Alpha on the Sega Saturn.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, arcade perfect conversion. Oh yeah, it had an arranged soundtrack by um the Alf Lyra sound team. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, within Capcom, an amazing rock kind of rocked out. Um, even more fleshed out and, and richer version of the soundtrack on the Sega yeah. Saturn. So I've got such, such good memories of this. Um, Adon's theme is my personal favorite from that soundtrack. And we don't have any arrangements of that yet on OCR, but I would love to yeah. see that. And the arrangements are also phenomenal. So whether you take you know Chun-Li's theme, Ryu's theme, Sagat's theme, all excellent. But um, this one, uh, Dan's theme originally by uh, Naoshi Mizuta, Excellent. I mean Dan, Dan being a secret character and being uh the scrub of all scrubs, the king of scrubs. The comic it's, relief. It's,
0: it's, yeah, he's not it, it, bad it, though. Perfect. He's not
2: bad. That kick has uh, <laughs> you can it, get good. Yeah. You can, you can good. really and you can, and you can really real.
0: embarrass people as well by uh, Yeah, right. Yeah,
1: yeah right. Doing that su- doing that super taunt. So so Bonkers um he's an amazing guitarist and he's got some of the heaviest stuff on OC remix. I'd say within the entire catalog, he's got some mm-hmm. of the the absolute I mean with his his handle, his artist handle being in all caps, yep. is, is one thing. His capital a B, statement capital of intent. O. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so this 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 arrangement <laughs> is for sure. If you want to hear a super bombastic, bodacious bla- you know, blast out blasted out bonkers rendition of Dan's theme, this is it. So enjoy
0: was of course dan's theme but in this case it's called street fighter or streetist fighter and it's by bonkers which is the way we have to say it because it's in all caps that also reminds me of course of super puzzle fighter 2 turbo uh, which uh, which has a number of the tunes from the alpha series we covered on kane and rinse the entire street fighter zero uh, or alpha trilogy and the extra bits and bobs of it back in Kana Rinse podcast, issue 207. Hmm. So check that out if you want us to talk, uh, talking about uh, some of our favorite fighting games. For me, Alpha 2 is still, and probably will always be my favorite fighting oh, game. Oh,
1: nice. I'm, I'm so partial to Alpha 1, but they're, they're all great, all incredible soundtracks. I think one of the, one of the first uh, soundtracks that I bought a physical of was Street Fighter Alpha 3. Right. So just fond memories throughout, yeah. for sure.
0: Beautiful. Uh, now, something back to Sega, but this is just a piece that is f- surely familiar to most people. Even the the most staunch Nintendo zealot will have heard this piece because it's on the first level of the first game, even if you hate Sonic the Hedgehog and everything he stands for and the way that he's been abused and misused by Sega for the last, how many years now? Fifteen <laughs> years? Uh, this piece of music uh, is, even for me, I was... Uh, A relatively aged 19 years old when i first played sonic the hedgehog but it still made me feel like a little kid and i remember playing this at home it was before i'd left uh my mum's house as a a youth and i remember that my fond my fond memory of this is that she would sing along to this tune with the name of the character Uh, you can do that it says it does sound like it has the cadence of sonic sonic the spiny hedgehog as she used to say uh, so <laughs> this is uh, this is called a blue green color. Although it's not a, a vocal track as such, it features some samples. I don't know what they're from. Perhaps you can help me out. Uh, Metaphist is the artist here.
1: I think um, I think they're probably from some some VO lines from some fifties infomercial or commercial, yeah. something yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. I brought, I've brought tried up, I brought up my, my
2: show notes and he, he actually told us the sample is from a random documentary on color. Perfect. Somebody made a whole documentary on color. Good job. Yeah. All right.
1: I love it. Was it's, it's I mean, it, it it, and honestly it may have been from the era of black and white TV. The On color.
0: Yeah. The psychedelic <laughs> era of black and white TV uh so masato nakamura is the original composer this piece i mean i i don't know how many versions there are of the i, I don't even know, i think it's just uh on the sound test which you had to put the code in to get i think in the original game it's just like track three or something isn't it it's um
3: oh
1: green hill zone
0: yeah Oh, yeah. I mean, well, you know, that's the first level of Sonic the Hedgehog.
1: Exactly. It's, it's a classic. So, you know, whether or not you were good enough to get through that and make it, you know, to the, the Marble Zone and Starlight mm-hmm. Zone and, and so forth, at least anybody that's uh, touched, you know, the Sonic the Hedgehog series, the first game is, is familiar with this theme. They've released um, that game
0: once or twice since then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Metaphist, yeah, Paul Ford, he's, uh, I, I believe he's still based in Florida, and I've gotten to meet him in person when, when visiting in Orlando, uh, a, a great artist. I, I, I love his work. He's done some really cool um, hip hop stuff as well. Uh, and um, is part of the Overclocked Assembled a collective of musicians that have done some, some amazing hip-hop and rap pieces. So if you want to check out uh, a Knuckles Chaotix, Chaotix piece he's involved with, Chaotic 5, that one is strong stuff too as well. And I actually sent this one to John Batiste, who's part of Stay Human, the house band for Late Night with Stephen Colbert over here oh, in the yeah. States. Yeah. And so... Ah, uh, because John Batiste, he came out with a, a recent album um, called Hollywood Africans, and he's actually got a piano arrangement of the Green Hill Zone theme on there as well. So he's got one video game arrangement on that album, and this and it's Super. of this theme. That's so great. you know, I wanted to share a fellow you know African American artist from the OCR community, and actually pass this on to John. So now we follow each other on on Twitter, and uh, we're enjoying a lot of what he and Stay Human are doing on Late Night with Stephen Colbert, because I don't know if you've seen in you know the, the gaming news space, yeah. but the band is playing a lot of video game themes as break music kind of coming in and out of breaks with the show. I have and so, seen a couple of clips yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. So he was just doing yeah the big one that was, that was blown up now is he just did some Casino Night Zone also from right. this game. And so it's really, really cool to see in this day and age, I mean, OCR has been around so long, now you have people that are born, you know, in, the, in this day and age, you know, I mean, he's only, he's born in 1986. Mm-hmm. And so you've got people that are, you know, in all of these spaces, bringing their love of video game music out there in a way that yeah. we just haven't seen before. So yeah, this is a really cool piece. And yeah, it was, a, it was a great way to kind of get introduced um, to uh, John Batiste and kind of make that connection. So yeah, it, it kind of put us on, on his radar and it's uh, pretty sweet.
0: Color by Masato Nakamura, but there by Metaphist from, of course, Sonic the Hedgehog, the original Genesis Mega Drive game from 1991. Yeah, not only are we now, uh, we're getting established legitimate video, uh, sorry, non-video game artists making music, uh, playing covers or being inspired by video games, but we've also got, like you say, we've got multiple late night show hosts who are gamers themselves and actors and all that kind of thing. And we're going to, you know, when it's not long before we get past that point of uh, of it being just something for uh, a certain, you know, certain demographic and a certain age group. Although I had a very frustrating conversation with a colleague recently, Street Fighter related. This is, uh, I was wearing a Street Fighter T-shirt to a work social event. It, uh, it's got Honda on it and it's got Ryu on it. And a colleague of mine said, oh, Street Fighter, I used to love playing that when I was a kid. I used to always want to be Blanka, she said. I was like, that wasn't that was not what I was expecting. (laughs) Um, And we had a little time (laughs) talking about Street Fighter and how much fun it was. And then within literally within five minutes, she was talking about how terrible it is that all the kids these days are addicted to Fortnite and all this kind of stuff. So it's weird. There's something that happens when you get to a certain age where you have to become the sort of reactionary curmudgeonly middle-aged person you can no longer just uh, see these things as actually they're just, you know, really positive fun things. Anyway, I tried to in a very polite and uh, polite but firm way sort of try to set her straight, but I would I did want to I did want to point out the irony of the, the, the fact that we just had this really <laughs> nice conversation about how great Street Fighter was and now because it's not the one that she grew up with, Fortnite is somehow a bad thing.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, but b- Street Fighter is better. <laughs> you can say all that. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I haven't even played Fortnite.
0: Um, I, I imagine, I, uh, my, yeah, I imagine just getting smashed by children at it. Pretty so, much, yeah. I, that, as a 47 year old, that is not how I want to spend my. That evenings.
1: takes the fun out of it. Getting
0: smashed by
1: <laughs> inferior kids.
0: Yeah, I'd need to make a private game or something and um, <laughs> play other middle aged idiots like me. Um, Anyway, so Koji Kondo, of course, uh, I really felt like I had to feature one, but it wasn't a difficult choice. This is a piece which is kind of an eternal earworm for me and has been since 1998, talking about those Koji Kondo pieces Mm -hmm. that stick with you. And this one, which is uh, obviously, you know, familiar from uh, the, the time traveling elements of Ocarina of Time, Um, it's actually the original version is only really 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 short it's like it's like a loop and there's then it loops again very slightly different yes and that's it now this version um, which is a sort of acoustic guitar led version by Benji Pod uh, is actually four minutes long nearly and still um, sticks to the same refrain over and over again but just works on it and kind of expresses it in in a kind of um an evol- evolving way sure and 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 i think just to
2: clarify um one of the things the artists did which is something that we see a lot is they did incorporate um a little bit of other themes um yeah, so it's right. it's primarily song of storms but there's uh, requiem of spirits and song of time and hut so like all three mm-hmm. technical those are the you know sources that we have on file um, it's a blend of those three, um, with Song of Storms being like the dominant. And that's a really good way that we've seen over the years. Um, artists will sometimes even take songs from different games um, and do one as a verse and another as a chorus and make it sort of a cohesive arrangement. But usually someone will take songs from within games or at least within the series and pick one source to be like the primary source. But right. then fill yeah. in the gaps, especially if, like you mentioned, like that, that that's a pretty repetitive, relatively simple source fill in the gaps, not only with their own original material, but also like integrating other sources. Very successful um, arrangement, you know, strategy.
0: Extremely pretty piece. Let's enjoy it. Please, please make it rain. Ben Jai Pod, Koji Kondo's uh, Song of Storms, or yeah, Windmill Hut <laughs> uh, from, of course, Ocarina of Time. We covered, if you're listening to the to this podcast for the first time, because the OC Remix guys are on, we have another show called Kana Rinse. We've been going seven, eight seven years nearly eight years cool. and we do deep dives of video games uh, review a single game once a week normally a single game sometimes a series or franchise we did the entire zelda series over a couple of years a few years ago so seek out Kana rinse 217 it's on spotify even if you don't want to go to the website or apple Podcasts or anything but yeah seek out Kana rinse going to use this opportunity for a plug um and i also have a question from our my other counterpart host on Sound of Play. We, we share shows between me and Ryan, our American host. And uh, he wanted to ask you guys, how would you describe the shift in style and technology in which remixes are created over the years? Have you witnessed moves in different directions? I remember there being a lot more dance or electronica mixes in the early days.
2: Well, I think there's still quite a bit of uh, what now some people at least refer to as the EDM subgenres yep. um, but certainly within EDM itself um, there's been a move away from from dance and to a certain extent even house and trance towards um, dubstep uh, electro you know that sort of a thing and now there's there's subgenres of, of house like there's deep house you know tropical yep. house all these you happy know, house. So as, as EDM sort of evolves and mutates and finds its flavor of the moment, that kind of, you know, by necessity, dictates some of what we see over time. One thing I'll say, and I think Larry can back me up this as, um, as the head submissions evaluator, is that what we've seen over time is a lot more people making music that sounds very professionally produced. And that right. has more to do with, uh, I mean, I don't know what you'd want to refer to it as, but like the democratizing of music technology I've been following music technology just as long as I've been doing OCR actually longer. And so what Mm. I've been able to see is all this stuff that used to be cost prohibitive, thousands of dollars, you know, serious investment, you got to want it become something that, you know, for the cost of three or four games, instead of three or four games, you can buy software that will let you produce, you know, a Grammy winning album, depending on the genre and, and your own, you know, ability to use it. the cost of doing business uh, as an electronic musician or just someone making music with uh, computers in general has gone way way down and so the average quality of submissions regardless of the genre we don't see as many submissions anymore that have static pops or synthesizers Mm. that don't have you know some degree of effects applied to them or aren't mixed correctly we see a lot more side chaining and mixing and mastering that that gives it you know sort of a professional sheen to it yeah and a yeah. lot of these tools have just become you know you click a button and you still kind of you have to know what you're doing in order to click the next five buttons but that first button does a lot for you and all you gotta do is click it
0: um oh you make it sound so simple <laughs> well
2: fruity loops uh, fl studio used to be called fruity loops but then they decided that's not good um, FL yeah FL Studio has a plugin called the Sound Goodizer um, and it's a, <laughs> it's like a knob and you just turn it up and you make things sound good with the Sound Goodizer um, it's not that easy but it has become <laughs> remarkably more accessible both in terms of just being able to get things done but also in terms of the cost and so I think the biggest trend I've seen is just like the whole thing has been blown wide open and now so many more people are are making music themselves.
0: I, I fell into the trap back at the start. Uh, I I I very much appreciate your uh, super pedantic OCR style guide um <laughs> and and your common I made a common mistake uh, by by including the M because it's capitalized. But I did want to ask you about the that you do have this uh sem- semantic specification regarding the difference between a remix all lowercase mm-hmm. and a Remix capital R capital M and I like this can you explain it
2: Sure I mean it is a little pedantic it's a little let's just say it's 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 got character but essentially right my alley. <laughs> tra- yeah. traditionally the word remix in the audio world in the music world yeah. specifically meant that you were taking some of the original audio components like the actual yeah. original song and maybe just the vocal track and maybe just the drums or you know a subset but the actual recording, and you were using that as raw material to arrange it into something new. And that's not really what we do. What we do and what we emphasize is arrangement. So technically, the, song, the site should be called Overclocked Arrangements, but that just doesn't sound cool. Uh, <laughs> plus, more people think of it as a remix, even if it is an arrangement. The word has a little bit more cultural cachet. Um, I'll, I'll put it that way. Plus, like I said, it sounds cooler. Um, I like it. so we did the capitalization thing, and then we kind of doubled down on, hey, look, this goofy, this is goofy capitalization. It looks like you know old style hacker speak. But <laughs> the way that we have sort of repurposed it is essentially we're not talking about the traditional remix. We're talking about arrangements. We're talking about something that you build mostly from the ground up. Sure, you can transcribe. You can use the original audio as, um, a, a, you know, a stepping off point. Some people do sample some of the original audio. But it's really not about that. It's really more about musical arrangement. Gotcha.
1: Oh, and I wanted to—I wanted to real quick just piggyback on uh, Dave discussing the the shifts in style and technology over mm. the years, because mm-hmm. as as he was talking, the one the one other major component I've been thinking about, not just the democratization of the tools and resources that are available, but you know, with advances in technology, the the as they say, the earth is flat. And so a, a big thing that's happened, especially in the last few years, are, are that there are so many more collaborative efforts that are able to be facilitated through, you know, modern technology. So we've uh, we've had in just the last few years so many more mm. arrangements that involve you know six people eight people a dozen people mm. and we weren't having that much of that in the older days True. as well so just being able to not only you know find kindred spirits on the internet that are into game music you know the, the overall community and interest in video game music has grown, but you're able to link up with those people and get those collaborative efforts in place. So that, that's been a big change as well.
2: And, and you know at least half of that trend, Larry, is is Dorito, uh, Doroth Shapp, uh, and, and his mega collabs that he does. But uh, the Chrono Trigger album that I referred to previously, Chronology, the all jazz one, yeah. um, it's yeah. all live instruments, um, and they're yes. all recorded parts. But they didn't record in the same room um, yeah. they were kind of mm-hmm. they were pasted together and then mixed to make it sound as if they were in the same room and that's again something that is a lot easier um, with today's well not only bandwidth um, but you know technology audio mixing and whatnot and collaboration tools. so good point
1: yeah, and if you want another great example of that we were talking about David Wise earlier, go to our Donkey Kong Country three album Double the Trouble, mm. and David did another arrangement. Um, It's called Spanish Jitters. Check that out. That was also in collaboration with Robin Beanland and about 10 other OC remixers. And yeah, Dave took those parts and and, and pulled them all together and made a phenomenal kind of just a a gigantic sounding production with that. They just missed the cut for this show, I'm afraid. Ah, no worries. But... Uh, you can play it on his show. We're gonna get him. I yeah, mean, he was locked in, Leon. Don't even worry. It's it's fate accompli at this point. Wait, if, so we, right. we're if we if we him.
2: get Dave Wise on the show, then there's an obligation then for Dave Wise to and 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 the show to repimp the OC Remix album. And it's all cool. <laughs> it's you know mutual satisfaction. <laughs> oh, okay. There's got to be quid pro quo, of course. I see. I see.
0: With pleasure. Yeah. One that did make the cut. This is our penultimate piece for this sound of play. This is uh, a curio in that it's a cover or a remix, capital R, capital M, of a piece that wasn't in the original coin-op of r-type this was one of the pieces that was specifically put together for the home conversions which were licensed uh, to activision on, on their electric dreams label uh, so i had the amiga version of this and chris Hulsbeck, uh wrote a, pe- a piece solo for the loading screen of that which is a kind of epic uh, sci-fi sounding piece but the the piece that he made with uh ramiro Vaca for the C64 version is the subject of Instant Remedies. Touch here. What's going on with uh, with this one?
1: Oh man. So okay, Mar- Martin Noriander goes by Instant Remedy, and my introduction to his work was through the oldest, oldest days of OC Remix, mm-hmm. and he's got a phenomenal um, Ghosts and Goblins transmix from the c64 version of that soundtrack and actually yeah that was that was posted back in february of 2000 for the website and he was really big into um one of the kind of precursor communities that existed uh before oc remix which is known as c64audio.com it still exists as a as a record label um uh, run by chris abbott but back at the time they also had a lot of free uh video game remixes that were out there uh obviously it was focused specifically just on the commodore 64. so that was my introduction to instant remedy back in the day and he was a big big uh contributor to c64 audio and this one was actually um dave can talk a little bit about this in, in terms of the founding days of oc remix this R type arrangement back in twenty sixteen was actually his first formal submission to the to o c remix, even though it's his third o c remix on the website and Dave can talk a little bit about that,
2: yeah, I mean in the early days of the site, there was no judges panel and it was curate yeah. it was curated with double quotes um curated in the sense that I looked at things and did my best as one person um well it's sometimes at three a m uh Essentially, there was no judges panel, so I would either accept email submissions, but more more often in the very, very early days, I would actually ask people, you know, you've got these mixes, can I put them on the site? And in this case, I asked Chris Abbott from C64 Audio if I could mirror some of the better, what I felt were the better um, mixes there on OC Remix, and a lot of them were Martins. Um, Larry mentioned the Ghost and Goblins, but the Outrun mix really was the one that grabbed me because, you know, Sega Fan and... Outrun has fantastic music and Outrun had mm-hmm. that had that little uh, scene at the beginning where you adjust the radio and you get to pick the song so like the music was actually diegetic and part of the plot in, in the sense Absolutely. in the sense that Outrun yeah. has a plot you know you're picking that song yeah. um it's narrative so yeah it was really good to see Instant Remedy actually submit something directly since the the history went all the way back to the original founding of the site where like it was just a totally different mechanism and totally different internet so longest comeback mix uh, ever, like in terms of duration between last submitted or last featured mix, I should say, and most recent. Um and you know, he's he's gotten better over over the yeah. years. He was already good. And it's-
1: it's super authentic in terms of that that Euro that European you know dance style, and this one in particular kind of has a pumping effect that's pretty noticeable. But it's yeah. it's very it's very intentional and and part of kind of making that massive sound, that big you know Euro dance style. Sidechain, yeah,
2: sidechain.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hugely nostalgic. Even though uh, I'd never heard this mix before yesterday. Uh I immediately was taken back to the late eighties, early nineties and listening to Amiga music and yeah and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm sure plenty of our listeners will enjoy this. Uh this is from R-type, but the C64 version, and this is Instant Remedies take on it. <laughs>
3: you're going to move.
0: to say mm. i want to say Ew. i want to <laughs> for say instant, type. for
2: instant remedy Ir, of you know. course yeah, there it <laughs> is so
0: obvious it was staring me right in the face it was er type er. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it's fine. chris hielsbeck one of our favorites of yes, course always. and uh ramiro Vaca. Right. Uh, we covered R-Type and R-Type 2, just the first two in the series. On Kane and Rint's podcast 276, we may return with the third Lightning and Leo and Delta and all the other stuff in the future at some point if we can actually complete them in some fashion, because that's the rule we have. Mm. We don't talk about games unless we've beaten them, which is sometimes a rod for our Ooh, own backs, as you can imagine. <laughs> you're, you're
2: never going to do Silver Surfer then?
0: Uh, oh, never? No. We played the music on this, okay, so that'll have to enough. do for yeah, that. Right. <laughs> right. Remember, listener, please venture over to our forum at canarince.com slash forum, or you can do it on Twitter, follow us at Canarince, or even our Facebook page, and you can use the hashtag Sound of Play on social media and request your favourite tunes. Even something from OC Remix, if you want, or just anything from the history of the video games medium, unless it's like a licensed track by just a David Bowie song that was on DJ Hero or something. We are not going to play that. We can't. We don't want to. Uh, we, don't we, allow,
1: we don't allow that on OCR either, to be to be frank. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Exactly. Uh, we'll include a selection of your requests in each regular sound of play when we don't have uh, somebody like these guys larry and david get to choose all their own pieces well kinda we, we workshopped it between us uh, but yeah keep those requests coming in subscribe to this podcast if you don't already leave us an apple podcast review or rating that stuff really does help it actually plays into the uh, the metrics and all this kind of stuff uh, listen to our other podcasts i've mentioned Kana rinse a few times that comes out on mondays we also have playwright on thursdays where ryan and ryan workshop new ways to play They make up games from the ether, basically. And on Fridays, Chris O'Regan talks to developers in the Sausage Factory. He's also lined up some composers for us, hopefully for future Sound of Play podcasts. Follow us on the social media, as I say. And if you enjoy this show, you can chip in to the making of everything we do. Just a dollar a month uh, on our Patreon is all we ask. Patreon.com slash Cane and Rinse. So before we hear about our final track, which I think is uh, another cracker, I really want to thank David and Larry uh, for coming on. Uh, it's been a longer show than usual because, well, there's so much to talk about. It's been 20 years of your amazing site, and we had all these pieces, and you know so much about it. I really like the, the fact that you've got, you know, kind of stuff, proper stuff to say about every piece. You know the guys who made them. And, um, yeah, oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Please come back at some point.
2: Yeah, great trip down memory lane. No Happy doubt. to be here. And, yeah, actually, actually, it's it's great for us talking about uh some of these songs because like i said you know i listen to a lot of the music a lot of the time but some of these i hadn't heard in a while and just tripped down memory lane
0: blast from the past uh anything you actually i mean you don't need publicity from us but if you you know overclock remix is the site uh, anything in particular that you've got out and about that you want to draw our listeners attention to at the moment any products coming or out you know albums kind of thing um it's been a slow year for albums um but we did our most recent album
2: was uh chronopolis which is a chrono cross soundtrack which is of course a gem um a mitsuda gem yeah. and i think we did it justice um we're very proud with that before that, uh, we had Skies of Arcadia, Arcadia Legends, which Ooh. is a three-disc, just like absolute bonanza of uh, wow. Skies of Arcadia mixes. So let's see, I guess, uh, in terms of things on the horizon. So we are preparing and wrapping up a Lufia 2 album, which is very unusual in terms of... Quite niche. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a Super Nintendo RPG that's not from Square and not from Nintendo, yeah. and and yeah. some people haven't heard of it. But it actually yeah. has a fantastic soundtrack. It was yes. one of my favorite uh, SNES soundtracks. And I actually know that the album is wrapping up because I have a song on it. And I just, I'm usually the la- if I'm on an album, I'm usually the last one since <laughs> everyone knows like I'm running the site and I don't have as much time. So when I wrap a song, usually that means the album is close to being released because I'm usually the last person to do anything. So uh, Chronopolis and uh, Arcadia Legends, two to check out that are recent and then be on the lookout for Lufia 2. Oh, and uh, we do have a Patreon of our own and that's, you know, we are a non-profit. You can call them yep. products, but they're not for sale. All the albums and mixes are free and that's how we kind of stay afloat.
0: Very good. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, I also want to thank Editor Jay and Thomas and Ryan for chipping in with some questions for the guys. And uh, thank you to our community contributors for your regular requests. Keep them coming. Finally, then, for this show, uh, I just wanted to say before we talk about that, I really appreciate, again, looking at your uh, kind of site blurb and stuff, uh, two factors, which is that you don't have the uh, remixes on the site ranked by, you don't have like a rating of popularity or quality, Mm -hmm. and you don't have categorization via musical genre, because basically your philosophy is that you want people to actually kind of step out of their... Their familiar old uh, musical trousers.
2: Yeah, we've 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 uh, kind of wavered a bit on the second one of those. We do have tagging now in place. Um, yeah, what we so didn't good. what we didn't want to be forced to do is have like very rigid genre labeling, yeah. where we're forced to call something rock when it's really not. It's very hard
0: as well, isn't it? Because. some of these pieces go across like eight or nine musical genres music
2: (laughs) music genres are inherently like taxonomically very impure also they just there's a lot of overlap so what we did was a tagging system where we can apply multiple genres along with instrumentation so if something is a piano electric guitar you can find all the mixes with like organ or saxophone or um, you can find stuff by genre but it's not the only way and it's not the primary way to find music and then in, in terms of ranking, our fear was always that, well, you know, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy, the super, super popular games are just by virtue of coattails going to result in mixes that get more ratings and probably higher ratings, too. We didn't yeah. want to penalize uh, people. In, in fact, we want to do the exact opposite, who are arranging um, more obscure games in you know, less common musical genres. You know, that's, that's something we want to encourage. And the second you put metrics all over something, Unfortunately, as we've seen in the news with social media, human psychology uh, kicks in and things get weird and bad.
0: That's about the truest statement we've said all day. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So this last piece. Now, this one works on many levels for me because when I was a kid, uh, I kind of my taste moved on a bit. But I was a big Dire Straits fan when I was about 13, 14, something like that. And uh, and now I'm I'm at that middle age age where I go back and go hey actually some of that's not bad after you know d- desperately distancing myself from uh, the naffness of it for for so many years but this piece uh, also is not only in the very distinctive style of Mark Knopfler mm-hmm. um, it's. Uh, it very much sounds like Songs of Swing, but yeah. also brings in some of the live elements from uh, when when they used to perform that live with saxophone and things like this. But it's uh, it's from Cannon Fodder, which is uh, another you know Amiga favorite of mine, an important game, albeit one that I'd never finished because it gets brutal after mission eight, uh, and there's still like sixteen missions to go at that point. Uh, so John Hare, obviously, was uh, was a key creative figure in my youth and childhood. And, of course, the late uh, great Richard Joseph as well worked on the music on this game. And this is actually, I was expecting, when I saw Cannon Fodder in the list of games, or the list of tracks that you provided me, I was naturally expecting the famous theme tune that we've played on here before, which is the vocal song, darkly humorous war, anti-war, war song. Um, but no, it's actually the uh, the menu music, the sort of, a uh, com- contemplative piece that plays in between the stages
1: yeah this one's an arrangement of the track narcissus and uh yeah and, and before i get into that i gotta echo your sentiments on richard joseph who is uh you know an, an absolute legend and obviously particularly on uh you know kind of the the, the commodore uh yeah. side we we've got there's another really good arrangement of work of his by an artist uh, oc remixer mackie from the game cauldron 2*, Mm. the it's binary baby album mix. If you like vocoder and whatnot, I would check that track out as well. That's a really cool um, vocal piece, but you know, with that kind of robotic sound with this one, with the, with Canon Straits*. I was doing a panel at a a really large anime convention where I live here in Atlanta, Georgia, called MomoCon just a couple of months ago. And I had a a good number of people in the audience that actually weren't familiar with OC Remix. And so one of the things I like to mention specifically to people – Getting into this whole discussion of you know, their popular games that are represented and, and the ones that people naturally will, will gravitate to the most. The thing I always say because it was so critical for me as a fan to kind of get more into video game music and, and do what I'm doing now with OC Remix is I recommend if you go to ocremix.org is to try – every remix, no matter what game it is, because you will end up finding so many gems that you had no idea that you even wanted to know and and, and and didn't realize you could appreciate. I think this song in particular would be one of those because when I started playing this as an example, one of the important things to highlight, we we discourage people to take uh, non-video game music themes and arrange them for OC remix because we we primarily want music arranged and create or sorry, rather music originally created for video games to be the subject of these arrangements. Mm. So when I mentioned that this was in the style of Dire Straits and and um, you know for for example Sultans of Swing. I said, okay, but listen to this piece, the instrumentation, the style, the vibe is all that dire straight style, but it's not arranging Sultans of Swing. It's just an instrumentation and a style reminiscent of that. Yeah. And so when I, so first I played the original, um, uh, Narcissus track from cannon fodder. Then I played this and I saw people just absolutely light up when they heard that arrangement, but Mm. in the dire straight style and nailing it. Mm. And that's when for a lot of people that didn't quite understand what we talk about when we're trying to say, you know, video game music is an art form and demonstrating the possibilities of what can be done with, with video game music. It's not just in the sense of aping the style of, you know, a pop music act, but showing the overall versatility and and ways that you can expand and treat the video game music differently and and show that respect through interpretation. So this was a really eye-opening piece uh for for the audience that I had just a couple of months ago.
0: Yeah, so it's a pretty recent submission from last year, 2018 at the time of recording. Uh so is Frederick D, the uh the person who put this together. I assume uh this this has to be somebody who grew up admiring and and obsessing over Mark Knopfler's work. Um but presumably while also uh, playing a lot of video games.
1: Yeah, um, Frederick. he's an amazing musician. He did something for um, an album that I co-directed, actually in tribute to Dave having his first child, um, Esther. He's got in a completely different vein. It's absolutely beautiful and fits kind of that the the baby album style that we were going for. So very relaxed, very soft, something that you could play for your child. You know, in terms of wanting to sleep, it it really talks a little bit about the 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 range the creative reigns that a lot of artists d- d- display on OCR. So yeah, if you check out Frederick's catalog, he's got some other stuff inspired by classic rock. He's got a really good Mega Man oh. piece um, inspired by uh, what, what what is that? Like a, a, a electric playground, I think. So, I mean, you'll you, you definitely have to look that up and, and see his, his full catalog.
2: Yeah. And um, you know, just coming from, uh, at OCR from again the perspective of like what do I listen to in my free time and how, to, how is it relevant to OCR I'm mostly a classic rock uh, type of guy and my, right. my favorite band right. is actually Talking Heads um, yeah. when I see something that's like in the style of Dire Straits or I think um, Dr. Manhattan did some stuff in the style of Led Zeppelin uh, once um, I, I, you know my eyes, eyes light up because these are the bands that I listen to like outside of VGM and it's that style being applied to video game music it was very cool
0: Dire Straits supported Talking Heads, didn't they, in the late 70s uh, on tour?
2: I did not know that, but that would be a hell
0: of a ticket. It's true facts. Hmm. All right. Well, thanks again so much, David and Larry. Absolutely. And uh, we'll leave you, listener, with Cannon Straits by Frederick D. From Cannon Fodder. And we'll see you next time on Sound of Play.